0: I'm going to be not saying a lot of new things I'm going to be saying a lot of things that a lot of y'all have probably heard before and this is just going to be a reminder and the purpose is for us to look inside ourselves ask God to show us what we need to do to respond to change some things to to take some actions based on these words that aren't that profound But they also are, because they are simple. Okay, so we're going to pray, because we do need to ask God to change our hearts, because that's the whole point of tonight, that we are changed, that we respond to what we are learning. So God, would you open our hearts, would you remove all distractions, would you remove all pride as we we listen to your word, as we hear your words, God, would you show us how you want each one of us to respond in the way that you have for us tonight? God, would we give you glory through this? Would we not let our own preconceived notions get in the way? Would you not let our pride get in the way of what you have for us tonight? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we are going to be reading Acts 20. Verses 17, oh yes, if you need a Bible, raise your hand, Daniel will bring one to you. Okay, so we're reading Acts 20, starting in verse 17. So Paul is on his way to Jerusalem to give the money that he has collected from all the Gentile churches to the the church in Jerusalem. And he's, on, he's in a hurry because he's trying to get there on the day of Pentecost, right? So we passed Ephesus, what we saw last week. He passed on Ephesus to make sure he could get there in time. So now he is in Miletus, but he wants to talk to the Ephesians, even though he wasn't able to stop in Ephesus. So he calls all the elders to the church so he can talk to them. Now, this is the last time that Paul is going to get to talk to these Ephesian elders, And this is what he has to say. Just think, none of us have children except for Steve, but imagine if you did have children and you got to see them one last time. You got one last chance to talk to them and then you never got to see them again. What would you wanna say to them? What advice would you want to give to them to make sure that they are successful, that they are serving Jesus in the way that they should? This is is what Paul has decided that he is going to say to his spiritual children, the people that he has discipled, that he loves, that he wants to make sure that they are doing the right thing. He's got one last chance, and this is what he's going to say to them. So he brings all the elders together. I'm going to start reading in verse 17. Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, not knowing what will happen to me there, except the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I forgot to say this earlier, sorry. Um, I'm going to pull out three things from these lots of verses And there are so many more things in there besides the three that I have chosen. So go and read this on your own time and learn a lot more than I'm I'm going to say tonight. But I'm just going to pull three things out. So from this section, I'll pull out the first thing. Um, Paul mentions the last verse that I read, verse 24. I don't consider my life precious. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul's telling, one of the reasons Paul is telling them this is because he wants them to follow his example, that he doesn't consider his life worth anything if only he can finish the task that he has received from God, to testify to the goodness of his grace. That's the only reason that Paul has for living, right? In Philippians 1 starting in verse 21 he says for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain but if I go on living in the body this will mean fruitful labor labor for me so what shall I choose I do not know I am torn between the two I desire to depart and be with Christ which is far better indeed but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body the only reason that Paul is alive is so that he can testify to the goodness of the grace of God That's it, that's his only desire. Because if he didn't have that desire, he would want to go be with Jesus because that is so much better than being here on earth. And that's what he's trying to get across to these Ephesian elders. He wants them to follow in his example. The only reason that they should be living, their one goal when they wake up in the morning all the way to when they go to sleep at night is to finish the task that God has given you to testify to the goodness of the grace of God. Is is that your goal? Is that what you're doing? Look inside yourself. Ask God to show you, is that your heart? What, What matters to you the most? Where is your treasure stored? Is it in heaven or is it on earth? where moths can destroy and thieves break in and steal. Now, Paul's task was, as he mentioned, to testify to the goodness of the grace of God, but his specific, more specific task was to preach to the Gentiles. Our specific task is probably not to preach to the Gentiles. It might be we're surrounded by Gentiles, but um, there are... Many example. I'm, I'm going to give some examples of what can be, we can be doing now, right? We need to be telling people about who Jesus is. We need to be serving him. And I know that some people might think, well, I'm in school or I'm waiting till I get older and wiser. There are lots of things that you can be doing right now to testify to the goodness of God's grace. Um, so some examples, some practical examples are you can give to the poor. Give to the homeless people you see on the side of the street. You can serve with Grace's homeless ministry. Every third Sunday of each month, they go to Fort Worth and they serve the homeless. You can go to Mission Arlington and volunteer there, donate there. These are very practical things that you can do now with the resources, time, and skills that you guys have. Um, Another one is to serve the widows with um, Grace's Embrace Grace ministry. You can donate with the, with the baby bottle that's over there behind you, Daniela. Yes, donate, <laughs> there. Um, that will go to single mothers who need some help. Um, you can shepherd people. Um, are you guys senpais? Are you small group leaders? If you're not a senpai, talk to me or Daniel or any of the other leaders, we can figure that out, right? We need to be shepherding people, teaching them, discipling them. There's, there's always someone that you could teach, right? You may not be super wise old 70-year-old person, but you have wisdom. God has given every one of you wisdom. And um, the last thing you can do, which is, My passion is to reach the unreached people groups. You can donate, you can go, you can serve, you can educate people about unreached people groups. If you want to know more, please talk to me. I can talk about this for hours. Okay, so now we're going to read, starting in verse 25 onto the next section. And from among yourselves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw with the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. There are plenty of things I could point out from this section, but there's one I want to focus on that's super relevant for us right now. Notice the lack of people in the room. This place used to be filled out. And I know that you guys know that, but it's partly because of COVID and it's partly because the devil is seeking for victims. He is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And some people got, got right? Some people have drifted away. Their, the cares of the world have choked their spirit and they no longer care. We come here, every one of us, we come here consistently. It's the same group of people every week because we want to learn. We want to worship God with other believers because we love Jesus. And if people aren't here, it's it might be because they're busy, but their priorities are not straight, right? And we need to do something about that, right? In Jude 1, 17 through 20, 22, It says, But you, beloved, remember what was foretold by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. When they said to you, In the last times there will be scoffers who will follow after their own ungodly desires. These are the ones who cause divisions, who are worldly and devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God as you wait, as you await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. And indeed, have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. And to still others show mercy tempered with fear, hating even the clothing stained by the flesh. If we are lack or lenient on sin, this is going to happen, right? The sin grabs onto us. And then we think, oh, this is fine. It's not that bad. And then we just keep digging ourselves a deeper and deeper hole. Don't let that happen. Be so strict on the sin in your life and on the sin that you see in others, other people's lives. They could be could be slipping away. And you see that. But you don't talk to them about it. You don't confront them. And then they just keep slipping further and further and further. And that that should break your heart. Right, we're losing. We've lost people, guys, and that's not okay. Um, James 5, 19, it says, My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, consider this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover over a multitude of sins. What what Paul is saying to the, to the Ephesian elders in this passage is that, he says to keep watch. Keep watch over the flock because they could, they could drift and we don't want, to, don't want that to happen. So I have a list of symptoms, um, for lack of a better word, of people who might be drifting away from God. If you see any of these symptoms in people, talk to them, talk to them about it. Ask them how they're doing, what you can do to help. Confront them about it. Um, so some of them are drifting out of community. They don't go to small group anymore. They've stopped coming to church. They've stopped hanging out with fellow believers. Um, the next one, they're lenient on sin, right? They do something and you're like, that's, that's not okay, but they don't think it's a problem. That is letting, letting lies take over, and we, we can't let that happen. Um, people who are not praying with other believers, they're not coming to prayer meetings and they're not serving. They've stopped serving in the coffee shop. They don't serve at church. They're not sacrificing their time. Um, people who give excuses not to participate. So you ask them and ask them and ask them, come to small group. Why aren't you coming to small group? And they always seem to have some sort of excuse while they're not there because everything else is a priority over fellowshipping with other believers. Um, unreconciled relationships. Their their hearts are hardened. They don't want to forgive. They just want to stay away from people that they feel have hurt them. Um, and this last one. People who say, I'm deconstructing my faith. I've heard that from some people, and every single one of those people who I've heard say that, except for one, has left. So just when people say that, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have... Forsaken everything and they just, I don't want, it's not them saying, I don't want to follow Jesus anymore. It's them trying to come up with excuses why they don't have to obey. Okay, the next section, um, starting in verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the world he Of the word he had spoken that they would not see his face again and they accompanied him to the ship the the last thing that i want to point out is he is he is charging the ephesian elders with caring for the weak caring for the poor those in their community who can't take care of themselves and paul starts out by saying look what i did right i could have asked you guys to to support me and take care of me as i served you but i worked i didn't ask for things i worked and and the point he says is why take from other people when you can work and you can give to them right it's more blessed than it is to re- it's more blessed to give than it is to receive every one of us should be working really hard to build the kingdom of god And part of that is making money because we need money to support ourselves and to eat and have a shelter, right? We could get that from other people, but it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. It is better to work hard all day and to give to other people. It should be exciting for you guys to be able to give, but to do that, you have to work. There are some exceptions but the default should be that everyone's working. Everyone is working for the glory of God. Um, like Paul says, even if you'd be poured out like a drink offering upon the altar of the Lord, he's going to work, right? He's going to do everything that he can to minister to the people, to make those tents, and to support himself so that he can give. Serve, serve, serve the Lord with the time that you have been given spend time to learn skills right spend time to to get to get the job that's going to get you the money so that you can support other missionaries right don't just be the missionary who asks other people so as a summary of everything i said serve the lord with your whole life right everything that you do Watch over the flock. Watch over the people in your community and work so that you can give to others. But I don't know if anyone's had this question. Paul is talking to the elders. None of you are elders. Um, But one day, some of you will be elders, right? And everybody, at some point in their life, hopefully very soon, if not now, is going to be leading people. And all of this is very relevant to anybody who wants to lead. We all should be discipling. Like I said earlier, if you don't have a kohai, if you're, if you're not a senpai, talk to me. Talk to Daniel talk to talk to Luke. Let's, let's get that figured out because you will learn so much more um, by discipling someone than you will by someone else discipling, discipling you because a- they're gonna ask you a question and you have no idea. So you have to go find somebody who does. So everything that I've said, s- every one of you can respond in some way, whether that is you changing something in your own life, taking an action, or talking to someone else about something that I have said. So let's respond to this by discussing, and asking questions and see how we can do that together. So can you guys split up into groups and go to hutecornerstonecom forward slash discussion.